Captain America! He has the power, and now you can too! The Arm & Hammer, Spin Brush, Captain America battery-powered toothbrush has the strength to take on plaque and save the day. Take any of these for a spin. Arm & Hammer Kids Spin Brush! Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast, Jeff and Mark present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. To quote John Haywood's book of Proverbs, two random banters are better than one. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me, tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Two heads are better than one. Two reads are better than one. Yeah, we got a couple of reads in here and uh, we're going to be talking about what happens to those read boys here in a second. But yeah, before we do that, let's talk about some other things. I promised last time, or at least... I think I made a comment to you. I can't remember what I said entirely, but I said that I was going to read a comic book that I had requested and got in at my comic book shop called Black Cat Social Club, a pop punk apocalypse by Christopher Painter, Bob Quinn, Meg Casey, Fred Stressing, and Hassan Atzman Elejo. E-L-H-A-O-U. And this is by Humanoids Comics. I I wanted to read this because I am friends with Bob Q. I've met him a couple of times, and I think the guy is just a kick in the pants. He's really fun. (laughs) I'm friends with him on Twitter. He was very proud of this book, as well as he should be. It is a fun, fun little romp. It's a graphic novel book, so it's heavier page count. It's about a group of three women who are punk rock singers, and they're all witches. They decide to sell their soul to hell in order for them to become better at music. As all musicians do, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And they're very successful. (laughs) And they decide to trick the demons that they sold their soul to, and hijinks ensue. This is a load of fun. It is light. It is fluffy. It is enjoyable. There's some good jokes in here. There's a couple things that I just think are brilliant. Early on, they go to a go out and eat tacos, and they go to Viking Taco. Just (laughs) sit with that for a second. They go to a place Mm -hmm. called Viking Taco. Uh, Welcome to Viking Taco, where we pillage and plunder for good taste and value. (laughs) (laughs) Odin's Raven, Thorquitos, Nacho Logboats, Mjolnir Milkshakes, (laughs) Frozen Yogurt. (laughs) I would eat there. Brilliant. I mean, just, Mm -hmm. just that in and of itself is brilliant. So, highly recommend it. This is a very good read. It's very enjoyable. The art, I love the art. Of course, I love Bob Q's art. And the writing, uh, Christopher Painter, he's got himself a good, he he had himself a good story, some good characters, and it's just a lot of fun. So once again, that's Black Cat Social Club by Christopher Painter, Bob Quinn, and a few other people. Highly, highly recommend checking that out. That is my little book plug for this week of other fine Pop culture references, graphic novels, comic books, entertainment value for your buck or so. But that's what I wanted to talk a little bit about during this random banter thing. As I sit on my side of the microphone being very sweaty after working out and then doing this recording because we had to move the nights. (laughs) (laughs) 
how are you? What kind of pop culture random banter stuff do you got to talk about, sir? Well, I, for one, am exhausted and want to just lay down and take a nap. So I'm going to have lots of energy for tonight. It's going to be great. But otherwise, I saw Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. Ah. It's fine. Yep. I got very tired of people popping into scene, popping their helmets off, saying a line, popping their helmets on, and popping back out of scene. It's a little thing, but I got very distracted by just the helmet, 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 helmet. It's like, can we, can we just leave a helmet on? Does everything have to be the nanotech where the actors don't have to have any physical props on them anymore and it's all just CG and... It- it, it was okay. It was not great. The current stream of Marvel films, before they were an event for me, they were something that I, I wanted to get my teeth into. And now each and every one kind of seems like it's it's a filler to get you to the next filler, almost mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So stuff happened in the movie, but yeah, I was kind of underwhelmed. There's some quality that's being sacrificed somewhere along the line. I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. what, what it is, but I'm hoping that there will be... Something else. And you know what? If if we peter out and the Marvel films just become a little less frequent and we go back to some more good quality instead of mm-hmm. quantity, yeah. I'm fine with that too. I, I'd like to get back to some good stories. We don't have to build up into one big event. We've done it. We've done the big yeah. event. It's fine them being in the same universe. You can do small nods to it, but we don't have to build up to other giant things. Let's just have some fun. Yeah, exactly. I would rather have contained good stories for the characters where it doesn't have an overarching thing connecting into it. Mm-hmm. It's neat, you know, it used to be neat that the things would have an overarching connective tissue. Now I'm like, I just want, give me a good sandwich. Give me a good story sandwich. Give me something yeah. that I really want to enjoy as opposed to going, nah, I watched it. And they hit the beats they had to. And, mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. And hate to mm-hmm. poo-poo some of those films and stuff, but I'll uh, be honest about it. That's just the way it is. So, so there's that. Sorry, sorry about that, man. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Again, I enjoy Paul Rudd. I've enjoyed the Ant Man, Mayu. I think the first one was the best. Still, mm-hmm. uh, it was a thing. Yeah, it and was a thing. Yeah, there you go. That okay. that's my pop culture that I'll talk about today. All right. Well, let's see if we can't get a little bit more excitement, energy, something else because. We got some great news. We're back to FF. We're back to the Future mm-hmm. Foundation. We're back to our main storyline now that Alex has kind of recuperated a little bit. A little bit. We'll get to that, too. But yeah. <laughs> but we've missed out on a lot. We've missed out on a lot. So, Jeff, can you kind of catch us back up? Give us more than a two-cents replay of the last five Future Foundation issues that we missed? Hundreds of thousands of years ago, the Kree Supreme Intelligence decided that gene-manipulating a hundred-odd world's inhabitants to turn them into weapons would be a good idea. Turns out that this was a bad idea, as the Supremor then figured out that these weapons would eventually destroy him. So the order was given to destroy these hundred-odd worlds. Well, a few planets slipped through the cracks, including the one which would produce the Destroyer, and the name of that Destroyer was Black Bolt. The Supreme Intelligence came up with a resurrection protocol, though, by giving Ronan the Accuser the Supremor Seed, which was hidden away in his hammer for hundreds of thousands of years to be used to bring him back. Flash jumped now, and Reed and his villainous house guests and Black Bolt and all of his five wives' armies are attacking the Forever City because it has the remains of the Council's Reeds in it. The end result of this is that the villains did little to nothing to help. Diablo and the Mad Thinker turned on Doom and got slapped down hard for it. Two of the Reeds were captured by the Inhumans, and the third, Infinity Gauntlet Reed, enslaved Doom and made his escape to Latveria, where Nathaniel Richard showed up to help Infinity Reed with whatever it was he needs help with. Now that the 
Reed asked Black Bolt if he was okay after returning from the dead, and Spidey said that he obviously isn't, since no sane man would want to have five wives. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. And Jeff, I got a little oddity for you today. It's a very interesting little bottle. It's a very interesting little beverage. Why don't you go ahead and tell our audience what you got there? The bottle feels weird to the bag. It's a little stunty, kind of long-necked, fat-bottomed. Yeah, I was right. A stunty little fat. Oh, Chimera of Ale, product of Italy. This is, that's a fun little thing. Government warning. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink because they'll find me very attractive. (laughs) They didn't say that. Well, this is a fun little thing. So I'm going to guess it's an ale. It's got a very kind of... Gosh, that almost kind of looks like an Electra with very rosy cheeks drawing on it. It, it, It's a lot of ladies and a lot of oddities. A lot of colors. A lot of colors. A lot of pale pastel colors, but a lot of ladies. It looks like a Cirque du Soleil ad (laughs) is what it really boils down to. But why would I get something called Chimera for this? (laughs) Oh, because a chimera is an individual made up of several different component parts from others. Aha! Uh-huh. Reed Richards <laughs> from the Altiverse gets smushed together. Yeah, we, we've got a chimera that appears at the end of this book. I thought this was absolutely perfect. I, I, I saw this as like, yes, plus it just looked very interesting. And this is Chimera by Berificio del Ducotto, and that is my destruction of Italian. <laughs> Friar's robe brown color, hints of caramel fruit in alcohol pear and cherry with a subtle roasted hint. Warm, dry, and complex. ABV 8%. And I poured it all into one nice mug. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my pour right now. One glass beer right here. It is a funky looking bottle. Get on the uh, website and look at the picture that we're going to put up of the uh, comic and the beer because it is a, it's an interesting bottle design that I've yeah. never seen before. Yeah. That's a brown ale. Yeah, it's a light brown ale. Yeah. Well, kind of look, it's opaque. It looks fairly mud water like. Real <laughs> strong alcohol smell. I'm getting that caramel and the pear and cherry. Yes. Bit of yeast. Oh. Oh, I like the taste in that. Interesting aroma. Taste is... That's sweet. That's very sweet. That's very sweet. I've got the pear. I got the cherries. There's a slight roast in there. Yeah. Hmm. Little dry. Yeah. This is pleasant. The heavy alcohol is there, but it's not burning. Uh, it kind of has a, like a champagne aftertaste yeah. kind of a thing. A little bit of that. That is a odd beverage. It's very tasty, though. It's does not taste like an ale. No, it does not at all. Which is fine. I mean, no, that's wow. <laughs> There's- I dropped a drop of it on my counter, which is white, and you could you could finger paint with this stuff. Is what I discovered when I was trying <laughs> to wipe it up. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Very much fruit and alcohol. That's quite true on this. It's a fruit beer. Hmm. Very high alcohol content. The caramel comes through really good, too. This is very smooth. It's very sweet. It doesn't punch you in the face. But, man, this could be dangerous. I can understand why it's small uh, serving size on this one. It has an aggressive flavor profile, but it's not overwhelming. Mm -mm. 
if that makes any sense. Because like you were saying, all this, all those flavors do really pop up and kind of go, ah, but they're not punching you in the face. They're no, not like they, they come yeah. in, they say, hi, we're here. And then they go away and the alcohol, you can smell it, but it does not overpower any of the flavors, which is wonderful because that allows you to get more of the, the pear and cherry and the caramel. It, those all come together very, very well. The flavor does really blend into a center of the tongue tart cherry. Yes. Like a pie cherry kind of flavor before drifting off into kind of that champagne-y flavor. Yeah. Odd. Interesting. Have never had anything quite like this before. I am enjoying it. I think this is very tasty. This is very good. I think this is a fun little beverage for a interesting little issue here. So uh, we've got a beverage. We've got... Random banter out of the way. We've got <laughs> recap of what's going on. We got to get into the issue. We can only do that if you actually tell us what the opening credits are, Jeff. FF issue number 11, December 2011. Intelligence. Credit. Writer. Jonathan Hickman. Penciler. Barry Kitson. Inkers. Barry Kitson. Scott Hanna. Scott Koblish. Jay Lenston. Mark Pennington. Colorist. Paul Mounts. Letterer. Clayton Cowles. Editor. Tom Brevoort. And Spider-Man, and guest starring our favorite kids from the Future Foundation, Franklin Val, Dragon Man, Wu, Vil, Mick, Tor, Turg, Tong, Leech, Bentley, and Alex Power. Oh, and Crystal and her hubby, Ronan the Accuser. Hey, 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 we are back with the Future Foundation. It has been five issue absence, so there must have been a lot happening. Rick, did you not listen to my more than two sentence update? No. Did you cover the last five issues? You know what? For brevity's sake, let's just say yes. Okie dokily then. Let's be like Reed's brain trust experiment and look forward. And speaking of which, young Franklin is doing just that. He is perched on a walkway above one of the workrooms in the Baxter building. He's got a pair of binoculars, a communicator, and a monologue about the frightening scene he is watching below. And his codename is Hyperstorm. We should not forget that. We won't. He is communicating with Kid Incredible, a.k.a. Leech, who is sitting right behind him. Over. Yes, he is. Over. Okay. Stop that. Over. We are not doing this bit, because the two boys are already doing it. And they're both observing the rest of the Smarty Pants Brigade building something. Alex, still sporting the cast that sidelined us from covering this book, is using his powers to assemble a nickel-plated conduit, with the rest of the team assembling or directing the labors. There's some good-natured joking and playing going on, but this is a serious endeavor that is being orchestrated by Val. And it is about this point that Reed casually walks by the door, and then stretches his head back to see what's up. Unfortunately, this party is an invite-only type of deal, so they assign Bentley the role of bouncer, preventing unauthorized individuals from entry to the room, and he wants to make sure that this read is not one of those jerk reads. Question. How can you tell? Answer. Hey, you make a good point, but we're grading on a curve here, man, and Reed ain't playing. After sliding around the B-Man, Reed approaches Val and Dragon Man. This is the class's mystery project, which does not yet have a name, but whose function can be deduced by one of Marvel Comics' smarter men. He is very curious why the kids are expanding the translocator to cover the entire floor of the building. Actually... I say as I push my glasses up my nose, as Val points out, it is going to cover three floors. Three? Huh. That, uh, that seems excessive. Well, Val has determined that there are a lot of people who live in the building now, and she wants to make sure that they can get away if something goes 
Sideways? Ah. And is there another reason? Of course there is, you silly goose. Val has wheels working within wheels working within other stuff. She has plans. And she's not going to tell anybody. On the other hand, Val is curious what her parents decided to do. Reed, in a moment of brilliance and clarity, has decided to listen to Sue. Instead of inviting a bunch of insane villains into their home for advice, they are calling their friends over. Which ones, you might ask? Well, how about all of them? Meanwhile, in Attilan... Home of the fighting captured bad dudes. The Mad Thinker and Diablo are trapped in a cell together, and suddenly, I feel sympathy and compassion for the devil. I mean... Diablo. While the Thinker drones on about the fighting occurring outside their cell between Kree soldiers and Inhumans, Diablo contemplates ways to end his immortal life due to said droning. Let's check out the fight outside the holding cell, because it is really a lot more interesting than what's going on back here, even though the Thinker's last line does highlight the problem. The Kree and the Inhumans were never meant to stay united. It was an alliance of convenience. It's kind of like the alliance that goes on with podcast co-hosts. True that. The Kree soldiers are being led by Ronan the Accuser. We have not discussed him on our show, but he was the main villain in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He is one of the Kree's fiercest warriors and the head priest for their supreme intelligence and a horrible dresser. And he is also married to the inhuman named Crystal, who wishes he was a better dancer. Now, that is an awkward but understandable alliance. If ever there was an inhuman who caused awkward family conversations... It's Crystal. She's the sister to Medusa, the queen of the Inhumans. But she has dated or been involved with a mess of high-profile characters, including dating Johnny Storm and Rick Jones, and also marrying Quicksilver. And now she's married to the guy who's leading the assault on her family, the Inhumans. Eat your heart out, Logan Roy. So the devil's bargain she has made with her husband is that he is not allowed to kill any Inhumans. Well... I'm sure this will all turn out just fine. Ronan is keeping most of his plans close to his horribly attired chest, but he does inform her that he was prepared to do some pretty horrible things to restore the Kree Empire. But hey, the sun shines on every dog's behind sometimes, and he just rolled a couple of crits. Yeah, he mentioned that there was only one person that exists that can help him with his big plans for the Kree Empire. And good news for the Empire... And us, two alternate reality versions of that guy just happen to be locked up here. Hi, you two alternate reality reads. Meanwhile, at the Church of the Cults of the Negative Zone. Home of the fighting creepy cult. I'm sorry, but isn't that every cult? Yeah, but have you seen these guys with their alien-esque bug egg devotionals? Ugh, black. Speaking of which, they have a whole crop of eggs primed for investing more believers, which is good for them because they are approaching their go-live date. As if on cue, Annihilus rings up the head priest for an update. Not only are they breaking queens by over-popping out eggs, they also have developed and placed a series of devices. These objects and their placement were all conceived by one of the evil reeds when they were in alliance earlier. And what is this plan, you might be asking? Well, we... Jeff and Rick are here to tell you, our wonderful listeners. These devices are amplifiers that will increase the size of the bridge between reality and the negative zone. And thanks to some well-placed cult-owned businesses and some seriously awesome tax breaks, they have inserted these in a large circle in the middle of Manhattan Island. A circle that is centered around the Baxter Building. They are ready to cause some serious havoc. Well, it looks like the bad guys are all prepping for round two of this war. Tell me about the good guys. 
No, don't you worry, Rick. Reed is on the case. Uh, no. Please, no. Is he aligning himself with the paste pot Pete and the stilt man now? You know what? Actually, I think he may finally be doing the right thing. He is giving a speech, laying out the problems with the Inhumans and the other Reeds. Wait, he doesn't know about the Krees and Ronan. Whoopsies! Yeah, so it's not going to be a perfect plan. But, anyway, he is pausing during this speech to apologize for his actions and his mistakes, and the fact that they do not validate parking. He should have called all of his current guests first. But he eventually did call them, and they all showed up. Every recognizable hero based in New York that was active in 2011 comics. Yeah, that explains it. I was wondering why Howard the Duck wasn't here. We're going to focus on one important hero present. The ever-loving blue-eyed thing, who is getting some gentle ribbing from She-Hulk and Sue. They are talking about him coming back. He's not there. And it's kind of a cute scene. Yeah, until Killjoy Spidey tells them to shut it up so that he can hear how they're all going to die today. You see, a plan has been reached with Captain America and the assembled heroes are told to get ready because they are going to go to the inhuman flying city of Attilan within the hour. Now, before we see that attack, let's find out what Ronan is doing at the same time. He has brought the two reeds to the Forever City, and he's ignited the Forever Engine. You may feel that this is a Forever story, but I assure you, it is not. And it and the reeds will not go on and on forever. Cute, Rick. Ronan runs through some puppet theater of the unnamed crimes of arrogance that these two are accused of. And then he also holds up his really cool hammer, which opens up. Now, in the books we did not cover, it was revealed that a Supremer Seed, or part of the Kree's Supreme Intelligence, was placed inside the Accuser's hammers many, 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 many years ago. Flash forward to today, and we see the efforts of that long-ago-laid plan. <laughs> Another way to put it, Ronan is a cook with a really old recipe book and luckily has a lot of the ingredients to make a fascinating omelet. You take two incredibly intelligent interdimensional beings, one biological receptacle keeping the breadth and width of the Kree intelligence, and an engine that forces evolution and plot advancement to occur, and what do you get? Well, with a This Is Sparta kick from Ronan, the two beings and the seed fall into the engine, and they are all painfully combined into a new living Kree supreme intelligence. This is a giant green potato head thing with flanges coming off the scalp, four eyes, and a whole lot of attitude. This is the ruler of Kree, the combined knowledge and intelligence of the Empire, recreated to rule and conquer, and to make even worse tutorial choices than Ronan does. And they use two alternate reality reads as a baseline. So you know that ain't a good omelet. Nope. No, it ain't. First, it lets the intelligence know about parallel worlds. So, yay. But enough of that. It's a conquering 030 and we are ready for war. Let's call up the armies. And it is about that time that all the heroes are prepping to leave from the roof of the Baxter building. Then they look up. And behold, a fleet of Kree warships over New York City. And they're looking fighty. Yeehaw, partner. Now we got us a rodeo. Mm-hmm. We also have us the themes of this issue and power pack packaging. We got ourselves a nice FF cover here drawn by Steve Epting. We got FF at the title, Hickman, Kitson, Mounts. And the picture itself is... Ronan the Accuser, and he's in the middle of a fight, and Reed Richards is all wrapped around him. Accuser's got his hand back, but it's all wrapped up in Reedy, and below them we've got a whole bunch of 
pre-fighting. We've got uh, some of the Inhuman races that are also fighting the Kree there, too. It's just a mishmash of different individuals. Red background, column there. What do you think of this? It's a very nice-looking cover that sideways alludes to kind of the fights that went on and what's gonna happen kind of a thing. It is not present in this issue, but it is loosely based upon a true story. It's saying what's gonna be happening. This is gonna be FF versus the Kree Empire and the Kree Empire mm-hmm. versus everybody. Yep. The, the, the fighting is starting. This is the beginning of the fighting. This is what we're building up to here. Or a continuation of the fighting, because in the five episode, the five issues that we didn't cover, it was fighty fight, fight, fight. Yeah, this is getting to the big brawl, though, and that's what we got coming mm-hmm. up next issue. So I, I like it. It's exciting. It, it lays the groundwork for what we're going to be seeing in this issue. I mean, you could also have a really cool cover of Ronan the Accuser standing over a giant cauldron saying, bubble, bubble, boil in trouble, give me my... Yep my leader back but that's getting away the farm so give me my potato back give me my potato back yeah read read make my potato stew i like steve epting's art i think this is pretty cool i it's exciting it's fun i think it's a classic comic book superhero foes you've got the fight occurring this is a classic reed richards in a fight yep just wraps himself all over yeah he wraps himself all over and there's big rubber banding all over it I like that aspect. I think that's pretty darn cool. No, I, I I do like this. I think this is neat. I think this is fun. And I think this gets us into the story itself. And before, you thought we had a war when we had the villains. But that was just mm-hmm. all a prelude. Mm-hmm. Now we got the A-teams that are here. So, <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but we also have more armies that we're fighting. We've got the Kree army that's just been called up because the supreme intelligence is back kree army is going to be coming down and attacking we've also got the inhumans that are laying their claim too and they've got some beef with earth but they got more of a beef with the kree yeah they have a more current beef with the kree because uh-huh. the kree came in and uh rubbed their faces in it and stole their prisoners and we can't forget too that all of this is kind of boiled up and boiled over right now because of the insurrection by the Reeds, the Council of Reeds. They were running away from the Celestials. So there's that thing that's also going on as well. But hang on, we also have Annihilus who's knock, knock, knocking <laughs> on Heaven's door as well. Yep. So there is a whole lot of things that are about to crash down, and they can all crash down at the same time. Hickman's doing a good job here of just Tossing all the balls up in the air saying, okay, the juggling act is starting now. Are y'all ready for this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always really good at uh, – he tends to have an excess of story part, story plots coming together all at the same time. Almost anything that you read of his, you're never like going, oh, and I've gotten the one story. It's always like I'm in the middle of nine stories and I don't know where it started. Yeah. But there will be a conclusion. But – those will then blend into new story stuff. So, yeah, he's always, he's always moving and he's always got a lot of juggler's balls in the air. What did you think about this, though, I, as far as, yeah, it's another prelude and stuff. But what have you thought about how this is being done? Enjoying it? It was another setup for stuff in the future. Decent, interesting, a lot. It's not really complex information, but it is overwrought. It is, they throw a lot at you and it, and it is making it the, the cosmic scale, you know, the galactic scale of things where it's like 300,000 years ago, 
the Kree decided, hey, let's weaponize races. And then they said, wait, they will fight us if we do. So we need to get rid of them. But the people that weaponized them for them were like, hey, we want to hide our data because this was our life's work. So some of them slipped through. And hey, guess what? It was the humans and the black bolts and the inhumans and the, the wives races and everything. And, and so like black bolt had apparently destroyed the supreme intelligence. How are, you know, 300,000 years ago or something? I, there's a lot of, I'm not sure about that, a little fuzzy hand waving going on. But the Supremor's back and he says, you know what? I'm back and we're not going to have that happen again. And we know who the bad guys are that are going to kill me again. So let's get rid of them. There's a lot going on. It's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of neat. I have no idea how Crystal and Ronan shacked up. I, and I don't even care. They just are. And it's fine. Here's what I got to say about that. My history of seeing Crystal in the comic books is the reason why her and Ronan shacked up was because it's Crystal of the Inhumans. Yeah, because she makes choices. She finds her way of connecting up with whoever. (laughs) She has a child with Quicksilver. Quicksilver, who is canonically one of the worst characters. He is horrible to everybody. He hates everybody. She hooked up with him. Yep. I mean, okay. Crystal is a fascinating character, and she's a former member of the FF as well. Mm-hmm. She stepped in and took over Sue's position a couple of times, I think, in the past. She has a history with Johnny Storm. Rest mm-hmm. in peace. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we've got them going around, too. We also have to take in consideration that Ronan is kind of been leading the Kree Empire or helping to guide the Kree Empire. Well, in part because Black Bolt and the Inhumans, they were in charge. They were in charge of the Kree Empire. Then Black Bolt comes back and says, yeah, yeah, bye. Yeah. And they leave. And so the Krees are like, well, wait, you're supposed to help us rebuild and everything. They're like, you bet. We are we got a thing to go do. Yeah. And because the Inhumans said, we have a thing to go do, the Krees then said, you know, they're not here. Why don't we take care of ourselves? And you're in charge, Ronan. Is that okay? And he goes, yeah, all right. And Ronan's first thing is, let's go take out the Inhumans. <laughs> yeah, of course, because... I think it could, would possibly be one of those things where it's like, man, if you could give me just five minutes, I just, I need to just go do a chore. Yeah. And then I'll come back and everything will be peachy. I just, it's, the Kree Empire seems like my daughter <laughs> is what it really boils down to. Let's just name names where it's just like, I want a thing. Yeah, honey, I can do the thing for you, but I have to do this thing first. I'm going to go over here. I need five minutes. Okay. Now there's massive problems here. You're not going to get what you want. And it's a problem. And I'm upset. And everybody's upset now. Because you couldn't give me five minutes <laughs> to then be able to focus on your needs. So the Kree Empire seems like a toddler. Yeah. that I think that's perfectly fair. Speaking of toddlers, we do have one other read that's bouncing around. There's one mm-hmm. old read left. The rest have been destroyed. In some form or the other, I can we see have- them coming back in the uh, in the in Supremo as well. I think that could be interesting since the Supreme Intelligence was made out of their essences. So now he's added them to their biological Borg distinctive. Yes, sure. but. But they are reads. What was also interesting is when the Supremer seed got released, one of the reads was looking at it like, that's a green glowy thing. And the other one knew what, what it was and was yeah. like, no, no. 
And so I thought that was interesting. They've got different histories. It's it's a yeah, they different do. reads, and which is it's nice. I just thought that was a really neat take. Yeah. Where it'd be like you can have the take two reads, one doesn't know, one does, one is freaked out, and the other's like, that's a weird thing. And I would like to see if they do anything with that, with the, you know, if you make your your expert meal with bad ingredients, you're going to get sick. So I'm curious to see if any of that pops up later. So far, it's it's more of a negative sum gain, actually. They, they've they got a lot more intelligence in there. Oh, yeah. They, they've got yeah. the knowledge of parallel universes. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, and two reads are stuffed in him now. This Premer was was happy. He was like, Ronan was like, I had to use some exotic ingredients. And he's like, no, this is, you did good. So, But then it also is like, we know who's in charge, too, because Supreme Intelligence is like, oh, look, it's the people we hate and want to destroy. <laughs> Forget everything else. Kill, 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 pussycat. Faster, faster, faster. <laughs> so that's going on. Like I was saying, too, we do have one missing read. He is with Doom. They're in Latveria. We got Nathan Richards, Doom, and Kristoff over in Latveria. He still wants to deal with the Celestials. Put a pin in that. We'll get back to them shortly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But for now, we got pieces all over the board, and there's a lot happening. I like this issue. I like the things that led up to it. I know why we didn't have to cover them. Alex Power, no Power Pack members were in there. We did have Alex Power in this one, helping build the machine. He was vital to that. At least he was helping use his powers. Great. He was part of the conversation. (laughs) What was funny for me on that, as I was looking at him as he's grabbing and manipulating a giant piece of equipment to put into place, I'm like, oh, because Ben's not there, they're using him as the, the dumb muscle forklift. And yet, at the same time, both Ben and him are not dumb. No, that's the thing. But it, it is always just funny to me. We're just like, okay, you know, Reed is always using Ben to be like, okay, lift the big thing and turn it a little bit that way and put it in the socket. And he's like, all right, stretch up. When Ben's not there, he uses She-Hulk. So what? Yeah. So it, it's just <laughs> like, it's just interesting to see the I, the correlation for me of like, yeah, they pick a person and he's their, their Allen wrench. And that Allen wrench is Alex, which I thought was really great. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty sweet. So. Well, I think we have more to say, but I think we can get to it with some of the things in our final thoughts. So, Jeff, let's move ourselves over to the Gallery of Greatness and talk about some art in this book. We need to find some pieces of art that we need to put up on our planning wall because we got Reed and all the heroes here and they're planning. And the best way to plan for something is to see pictures of it. So let's get some some pictures to look at, shall we? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you about my backup joke one. And this is kind of near the front middle of the book. And this is after Annihilus calls up and talks to his priest. And he's mm-hmm. saying, is everything getting set up? And the priest is telling him about all the plans they've got made, including placing a bunch of devices in different businesses, local businesses. So I got a piece of joke art here, which I call... Would you like an evil side of fries with that? <laughs> and this is just one of these weird green psychedelic devices next to the grill at a yep. fast food joint. And yep. it's like everything's normal. Everything Everything's <laughs> just normal. There's no, nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> Made me Laugh. Laugh, 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 laugh. I liked it. My backup joke one is on page 15 of Marvel Unlimited, and I call it obviously not paying attention. And this is the top panel of the page, and it's when Reed is describing what's going on with the other Reeds and the Inhumans and the Kree and all the different stuff that he knows and doesn't know about. And in it, 
Sue and She-Hulk and they're talking and Ben and Pete are are also talking like you know, animatedly at each other. They are not paying attention to Reed at all. They're just like, oh, hey, let's catch up. And Spidey and, and Thing are arguing about, I don't know, who has the better pizza. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but it's just like, you are not paying attention. If you got called on, you'd be like, uh, present. <laughs> and it'd be it. it. I like this entire scene with them. It's... They've got all the heroes sitting around like they're in some giant lecture hall. And yeah, you got this, everybody else paying attention and these four are just clowning around. And it's Mm -hmm. funny you take that one as your backup one because my top joke one is the bottom panel where they have gotten done mocking the thing. And he's sitting there with Mm -hmm. his arms crossed just with a big old (laughs) pout on his face as he's just gotten mocked and he just yelled out i did the dishes last night and then everyone's just smirking at him and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that's because sue and jen are talking about it and sue's like yeah it's nice having him back but it would be nice if he cleaned up after himself did the dishes sometime and ben's response is i did the dishes last night yeah t- again does not care about whatever yep. superheroes need to go on or planning it is about you have besmirched my honor and <laughs> It will not stand, and I will pout about it. And everybody, like, stops and has to look at him. It's great. Yeah. What's your top joke one? (laughs) My top joke one is a little bit of a cheat because it's four panels, and it's on page five, and I call it Dads Everywhere Always. And this shows Reed. He's walking past uh, an open door where the Smarty Pants Brigade is doing stuff, and then the doorway's empty. And then he's like, well, hold on a second. And his head pokes around, looking at him, and then he walks into the room. It is such a dad move to do where you're like, duh, 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 what's my kid doing? Yeah, they're fine. Wait a minute. That's not normal. What are you doing? <laughs> so, Yeah. 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 Plus, I also just like the head stretching. It's, it's yeah, another good... Yeah. Every now and again, we get a good read stretching kind of joke. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. It's just like the head just coming back. Yeah. My head's backing it up. My head's like, backing I'm up. Walking. See what's going yeah, on? I just I need a second peek. I'm going to keep walking that way unless my head sees something that needs attention. Yeah, I got to come back all the way. All right. Let's talk about some great art. And I'm going to probably do a little bit of cheating on this one, too, because it pretty much is the middle panel, but I could go for the entire part of it. And this is what I call pain. And this is where the two reeds get Mm -hmm. introduced to the Forever Engine and the Supremerseed. And we've got like five panels of them getting joined together. The seed is in the center and it's grabbing onto both of their brains and just merging them together. And it's just horrible. And it's beautiful too. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is great. It's a good one. It is a real good one. I like that series of shots where the Supreme Intelligence is getting made because it it looks horrific. It's like, you know, I didn't like those reads, but man, that's a bad way to go. That's a nasty way to go out. Yeah. A real mean way of going. Also, it was a great way of filling up page count where he didn't have to have any dialogue or anything. There's like two or three pages where he does does the stuff for that. And it's just like, yeah, all right. Hey, we can make a 28-page comic easy. We can do here. Th- three or four of those pages are done. <laughs> what do you have for some good art, man? My backup good art is on page 16, and I call it Smooch. And this is after uh, Ben has been razzed and was he was yelling about the uh, dishes and everything. And Sue leans over and gives him a little peck on the cheek and says, I'm glad you're home, Ben. And he's happy and she's happy. And I just really like the way that looks. I like the human interaction things with the thing. Yeah. And Don't it know. also shows, 
just how big he is because her head is about a quarter the size of Ben's head. So it's kind of fun that way. It's a very, very cute scene. And, and we're, we're spending a lot of time with that those heroes. And I'm going to go back to that yeah. because I am taking for my top one, the two page spread of Captain America and Reed standing in front of that giant hall filled with heroes. And you see a good number of them there. It's a very cool shot. It's I like seeing all the heroes there. That's kind of fun. So I called it roll call. Roll yeah, call. It's my nice. toss as well. Nice. It had to be. It had to be. It's 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 good. It's great. It's fun. And you know, it's not like I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. Because I did hear that very much like Ben Grimm, Ben Grimm got his head out of his rocky butt and decided to come back to the Baxter building. I had no way to really transition that in there, but we're going to talk about rubber and glue moments. And that was my rubber and glue moment was She-Hulk said, I hear that Ben Grimm got his head out of his rocky butt and decided to come back to the Baxter building. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. It's a good one. It's, it's a, a good one. one. It's, it's a good, good one. one. I didn't. I did not pick it, but it is a good one. Yeah. What did you pick as a good one? My backup one is on page four, and it's when um, the Smarty Pants Brigade is making making the science. Alex is floating up the j- big piece of equipment and stuff, and one of the moloids is all careful. Don't drop it on Mick's head. You'll dent the piping. Ha! Look, Core continues to evolve. He's developed a sense of humor. See, Alex, the joke is funny because Core doesn't know the atomic weight of nickel. It's just the family of Moloids just pinging each other. And, <laughs> and I just loved it. And I do like Core also later. He's like, I do too. It's 58.6934. I just thought it was fun because it, it's that yep. don't drop it. Don't drop that on the on his head. You'll dent it because his head's so dense. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, it's fun. No, I, I like it. I like it. I think we probably have the top one. I'd be surprised if we don't. Bentley, he's making sure that Reed is not one of those jerk reeds. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I want to make sure you're not one of the jerk reeds, as opposed to <laughs> Reed, who Regular is Regular Reed. A jerk. <laughs> yeah. More jerky. Jerkier than usual. You you chose something that's not Bentley. I'm curious. I did choose something that's not Bentley. This is the part during the big uh superhero meeting where Spider-Man's upset and he's all, hey, do you think you could keep it down? I can't hear the part about how we're all going to get killed. (laughs) To me, that's funny. I just think that's wonderful. (laughs) I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. Enough of the insults. Let's get into good parenting. A good parent Mm -hmm. should be teaching their child not to do insults. Apparently. I don't know. It's not the way I roll. But anyways. Yeah. Parent of the Year Award. Reed Rich's Award for good parenting. I'm going to say this is actual good parenting, and it's getting to read. He Agreed. chastises Bentley for language, and he trusted yep. Val and the kids. Yep. He also checked in on them when he walked yeah. past. Because he did. that is an ultimate dad move right there. I covered it already, but that walking by, peeking in a room, and then going, no, I got to check this out. And I just want to just check on him. Yeah. Yeah, and then acknowledging what they're doing and kind of accepting of it and everything, yeah. going, that seems like a lot. But he's not upset. He was he was a great dad yeah. there. He was a great parent. And also later when he's with all the heroes and he's apologizing to him, he's like, I did some stuff. We're going to get know, to it, that. We're going to get to that. I'm going to stay with just the parenting okay. skills. And just the parenting okay. skills I think he was good on. But yes. we will get to that. And I'll tip my hand a little bit here and I'll change the order a bit by saying most popular and shunned, the character was the best and worst in issue. Now we can talk about how good Reed was because Reed listened to his wife. He apologized to his friends. He worked Mm -hmm. with others. And I think that's what makes him. He got the parent of the year award for something else, but 
he was also the best in this issue because he did the other things as well. Which was really good. I fully agree with you on your choice with that. I did not pick him as my best. Who's your best? Alex Power. All right. He shows up and that little guy is working injured. He is there to help his friends and help his team, even though he's injured. So grievously injured, he wasn't able to make it to the last five issues. Oh, Alex, you go above and beyond, my friend. (laughs) So good. Yeah. Working while injured? That's pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good. (laughs) All right. Now we'll get to the worst. Yeah. Who you got? Crystal. Crystal. Oh, that is an excellent choice. That's a great choice. Crystal, I know you want to support your husband. I know you want to be there with him in sickness and in health, and you want to support him in his endeavors, in his hobbies, in his work. But come on, girl. This is your family. Yeah. <laughs> this is your people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm questioning your choices, girl. <laughs> Her meeting halfway on that is, you can hit him with a hammer. Just don't kill him. Yeah. Have you seen the size of the hammer? Come oh, on. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. They- there were some deaths going on there, I'm sure. It's like, no casualties to report. That just means there were casualties and you're just not telling her about them. No, no casualties to report. You are literally stepping on the guy's throat and he's mm-hmm. dying right now. Can you not? Please. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal is an amazing choice. I like that. That is really good. <laughs> Who is your choice? I was having a hard time and did not think of the obvious one with Crystal. So I almost kind of pulled a, a rabbit out of the hat and just generically said Val. <laughs> I, just Val. Okay, just just, just doing, because doing the super science to translocate the you know the three floors of the building without telling her dad. Even when he's like, "So what are you guys doing here?" Oh, you know, we're doing that project that we haven't named. Just kind of doing doing science, and he's like, "I know what you're doing. I can tell you're doing this stuff." Yeah, we're doing that stuff. And because there's, it's also because it's obvious that it's like you got more on your plate than yeah, you're sharing. I, Come yeah, on, I, Val. I, 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 I do have to say that I, that is a really – that's an easy choice maybe. That's a rough mm-hmm. choice. I, there might have been a few other people that might have been – I would have actually probably said Bentley even more. Bentley was doing his job. Oh, but, yeah. He's doing his job. Yeah. But at the same time, I can like – you can do your job and not be a, a pain. Okay? It's Bentley. He cannot. <laughs> I know, he's Bentley. You physically so, cannot do that. Right. So, I think there might have been some other choices before Val. But that's your choice. That's eh. your choice. We'll just call it wrong for now. And hope you can get over it in time <laughs> to choose the right top grade as we try to evaluate each issue against the other issues with a member of Power Pack in them. Top of the list still is Fantastic Four 588, Month of Mourning. Down in spot number nine, we got Runaways Volume 2, number five, True Believers. Double twist as the kids defeat Doom and find Ultron. Down at spot number 22, Runaways again, number four. The kids trying to find out who Vic's daddy is. Down in spot number 30, we got... X-23, number 15, Chaos 30 Part 3, what we did before this one. The monster rips off his bodysuit, pushing Laura off a building. Ah! And (laughs) bottom, we have What Lies Beneath, Julie's in the Hospital. This is going to go above there. This is going to be an interesting one to rank. I think that this Hmm. is good. There's a lot of good stuff in this one, and it it keeps moving things forward. It, It keeps the excitement up, and it brings more pieces to the table. It's leading into a big issue next. We're going back to Fantastic Four number 600 for the next issue, so this is doing that setup, getting ready for the spike that's coming down hard. How is it going, though? Where should we put this? Ah, man, I'm having a hard time on this, because it did have a lot of really good stuff, but also I have to admit that even with the plethora of times that I've read this issue, I would forget what happened in it. So I'm kind of feeling mid to high teens. Okay. Kind of a vibe. I'm 
I can be talked up or down on that pretty easy because, again, it's it's an oddball issue in its own way. <laughs> All right. Let me let me put this out here. Between spot 15 and 16, 15 is where the FF are on the beach singing Beastie Boy songs. That's Fantastic <laughs> Voyage, Amazing Spider-Man one. Mm-hmm. And below that, we have the Baxter building infested, Sue keeping the peace, and Galactus wants a snack. That mm-hmm. was a pretty good issue, too. And then right below that, how do you defeat a plethora of reeds, the beating of the drums, kind of the starting point of this. So I would say somewhere in that range, 15, 16, 17, I think mm-hmm. possibly either above or below 16. Um, I think above 16. So make it the new 16? I think make it the new 16. Okay. We will place that in spot number 16 then and call that as it is. Pretty good mm-hmm. showing for this one. Can't wait till the next one. Lot to talk about <laughs> in that one. But before we do that, we need to talk about this beer. This lovely, lovely, lovely Chimera beer, which I think that this is a very good choice for the mixing of the two reeds and the mm-hmm. Supremer seed. Mm-hmm. Chimera by Berriccio del Ducato. Jeff, are you enjoying this? I think you like this a lot more than I do. It is an Interesting beverage. It yes. is like unlike anything that I've had before. Yeah. Like I said, I'm kind of getting that tart cherry flavor. There is that pear. There is that caramel. It is, it's not making my face crunch up. I'm not going Ugh, with it, but I am kind of going eh with it. So it's not in the fours. I'm thinking a three, five for me. I'm going to go strong four on this one here. I possibly should be a 4.5. Maybe if I was drinking in one sitting and not stretching it out so much, it would mm-hmm. be a 4.5. It definitely has got a strong alcohol content, so I don't want to slam it down. Yeah, I, I can tell that right now. I was going to say that I was fine with it right up until right now at the beer point where I'm all like, oh, I'm feeling that. Yeah. So So I'm going to go ahead and stick with the four. I think it's a strong, strong, good choice of a beer. It definitely is a little pricey. This is not one that you're going to find just normal places, very much specialty store, but this bottle is quite fascinating on it. And it's a lot of fun. I think this is a fun beer. I think it's a fun choice for this. It is a fun bottle. It is an interesting beer. It worked amazingly well for the issue. It really did. But that's just my perspective and your perspective. But you know what it isn't? It's not a kid's perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his 12-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. And we are back. We are back with the FF, right? Yeah. FF number 11. Yeah, we've been away from it a little while, haven't we? Yeah. Something happened and now we're here. That's right. There's been a bunch of things happening in the FF book, the Future Foundation book, and Alex hasn't been there, so who cares, right? Yeah. No, we don't care. We don't care. You didn't read those issues, did you? Nah. Yeah, so you you, you don't know what's going on. You just, I gave you this book, you read it, and here you are, right? Yeah. This is how... Lots of things go. (laughs) I just give you a book and I ask you your impression. What's your impression of this book? I like the art. Yeah, the art is really good. The art is done by Barry Kitson and Barry Kitson, Scott Hanna, Scott Koblish, Jay Leaston, Mark Pennington. They all did the inks on it. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a many hands book to help out Barry Kitson. But the art is really good in it. I like it, too. I think it's really solid. It's really good. Really fits the story. What about the overall book itself the things that are occurring in the book the kids are building something Mm -hmm. meanwhile the villains 
got two of the other dimension reeds, mm-hmm. and then they combined them. Yep. And then Kablooey, they got some per- giant floating head. Yes. The giant floating head is called the Supreme Intelligence. This is the actual leader or ruler of the Kree Empire, and it's supposed to be all knowledgeable, all intelligent. It was destroyed a while ago. Ronan the Accuser, he had the seed, the Supremosaur seed, and that was one of the books that you've missed reading. That was created a long time ago by the Supreme Intelligence as kind of a backup plan. And they were able to reconstruct the Supreme Intelligence using two of the world's smartest men, (laughs) the two alternate versions of Reed Richards, and that Supremacer Seed. So that's bad news for everybody else who's not Kree, right? Yeah. Also, it's got like four eyes. Well, normally it would have two, but it was made with two Reed Richards. So, you know, four eyes. The two Reed Richards combining was like kind of funny looking, though. Also a little bit painful, too. You can see how much pain they were in, right? Yeah. What do you think about Reed finally inviting the right people over and not just a bunch of villains? Well, it's always good to ask for help. (laughs) It's like how lots of stuff goes. It's like, I don't need help. I can do this on my own. People die. Okay, I can still do this on my own. If bad things happen, okay, I'm going to finally ask for help. (laughs) (laughs) And then you ask the wrong people, and worse things happen, and so finally he's asking the good people, right? Yep. So we are setting the groundwork for a lot of stuff coming up, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of things going on in the next issue, huh? Is Alice in the next issue? Be honest with you, we're not going to cover a future Foundation issue next episode. Instead, we're going to be covering Fantastic Four issue. Fantastic Four number 600. Whoa. There hasn't been any Fantastic Four issues going on, but now there's Fantastic Four 600 that's coming out, and it's a really thick book. We're only going to cover one story, but... I might have you read all the all the stories in there because it's pretty cool. But Alex is in that book and lots of stuff happens. Oh, wow. And then we do Future Foundation? Yep. Then there'll be another Future Foundation book and I'm going to kind of bounce around a bit. Well, I promised you at some point in time we're going to be talking about Power Pack and Power Pack will show up. I think we've got another... I'm looking over. I see the book with Power Pack in it. It's right over there. So it's about three or four issues down. We're coming close. Whoa. Yeah. We are going to actually be seeing all of Power Pack in about two or three months. Are they going to be in more than one panel? Yep. More than one panel. Yay. That's been a while. Yeah. 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 The whole pack again. The whole pack again. But before we get there, we have to have a lot of other things happen. Yeah. So we better hurry up and have those things happen so we can get back to Power Pack. (laughs) About the book we're talking about, though, is there anything else that you have questions on or... Just in general, did you enjoy the entire book? Yeah, like I said, the artwork was good, and hey, I got the idea of the story. (laughs) That's all we can ask for. That's all we can ask for from our young readers. Yeah. All right, well, thank you very much for your time, Carrie. Uh, You're welcome. I love you. Love you, too. I don't know if you thought about it, Carrie, but if you and another person merged minds, you could have twice the smarts. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jeff. And now we would like to shout out and recognize those listeners that take the time to write in or leave us a review. And this is for episode 134, Amazing Spider-Man 666, the one and only. Only the prelude to Spider Island. Charles Gears. Chris Lydon. Hoover Jeremiah and his podcast, Four Million Years Later. Jeff Bollier. Jeremy Daw. Jeremy Wiggins. Jonathan Schaefer-Hames with the MWC podcast, who says, I think I'm the only person who liked Peter's girlfriend at the time. 
but not enough to remember her name just now. I like that she was smart enough to figure out his ID on her own. And he, of course, is talking about Carly Cooper. And me and him had a little exchange about that because I like Carly. I think Carly's great. And I like Jonathan Schaefer Hames. Hi, Maggie. (laughs) Also, Mal. And Sean Ross. We also like to thank those fantastic people that give us a little bit of money to do this show. If you would like to do so, we would be glad to have your donation. Plus, you can hear all of our other episodes that we do on the alternate world versions of Power Pack. Check it out. We got a lot of content over there. Be like these people. Like adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging, cheesy, and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Bollier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Way, way wordy and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky win. Next issue, we are going to cover Fantastic Four, Volume 1, issue number 600, forever. Also, you can check out some of my old episodes of Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout on the Longbacks Crusade. I haven't put out any new content lately, but if something comes up, I will put it out. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of my sweaty and smelly gym clothes that are right over there in Portland, Oregon. If you'd like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick present our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick present our email address, Jeff and Rick present all one word at gmail.com or at our website, Jeff and Rick present.wordpress.com. Also, we have a YouTube channel at Jeff and Rick present. And if you'd like to help support our show, we're on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com. Jeff and Rick present all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative and will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us. Share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We We love love you. you. Until next time, costumes Costumes off. off. Our theme music is 80s action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is Captain Scurvy by Kevin McLeod. All music is founded in CompTech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Also, we've got Crystal and Ronnie the Incuser. Yeah, you're at Ronnie, Ronnie the Accuser, but yeah. I like Ronnie the Incuser. Yeah. Boom! Meanwhile in Atalan... Attilan. <gasps> Boom! While the Thinker drones on about the fighting occurring outside their cell between Cree, Skull... Good one. Boom! Who's Logan Roy? From the, from the TV show success, Succession. Never seen it, but I've heard I've about watch, it. I've been watching it, and let me tell you... That line makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. He is pausing during his speech to apologize about his decisions. He he is pausing during his speech to apologize about his decisions. Decisions. Boom. Uh, another way to put it, Ronan is a cook with a really old recipe book, and luckily he has a loof. He has a loof thing. He has a lot of the ingredients. And- okay. <laughs> another way to put it, Ronan is...